Welcome to Serviced Accommodation Secrets with me, Sally Kemba. This is the podcast where you get the on the ground experience that we're living and breathing with our serviced accommodation units. So you get to share our hacks and tips, our mistakes, so you can learn from those and thrive on our success. Hello guys, welcome to Service Accommodation Secrets, the Facebook Live and podcast. This time it's all about our preparation for opening fully. So that's SA, hotels, all hospitality, holiday lets, we can all open fully from the 4th of July, which is very exciting. And so we've got all the sort of I don't know, excitement about being open and able to have any kind of guests. But we've also got lockdown still in place in terms of restrictions that people have in terms of, you know, how many people can stay, um, what to do if people are unwell and mitigating all of those risks, managing the risks and reducing the risk in our property. And so I mentioned last week and in groups I've been asked about risk assessments that we had to do and if you've already been open you'll have probably already done risk assessments because there's quite a lot of new things nobody was expecting a pandemic none of us were ready for this so quite early on we had to adopt enhanced cleaning protocols and source the best information about how to stay safe, how to keep guests safe, because we've been open for key workers and stranded people. And I know lots of my colleagues have as well, which has been a brilliant service for, you know, lots of the community and guests to enjoy, but also help to keep our business going. But it's not without the admin overhead and the preparations that we've had to do and training the team and making sure everyone's really aware of what we had to do in lockdown. So I have to say, I do think there have been some really good government links to help us as well as a few grey areas I would say that it's perhaps got a little bit more complicated as time has gone on but our aim is to really keep it as simple as possible and you know the key points that we have to have in mind are keeping our guests safe making our places as clean and sanitized as possible but also protecting our housekeeping team and also just making sure everything can run as smoothly as possible without us being at the property meeting and greeting so you know doing remote check-ins self-check-ins hi there liz i hope you're well and so there's a lot of things to consider And so you might have started out with really blank risk assessment template. And there are, as I say, government links. So the specific links, I'll do a bit of an article in my Facebook group, Service Accommodation Secrets, and I'll do some links in there. But it's people who are returning to work. There's hotels and other guest accommodation guidance for all of us and what to do. So risk assessment template, if I've just got here, it will be backwards, but it's an HSE health and safety executive risk assessment template that literally says what are the hazards, who might be harmed and how, what are you doing already to control these risks, what further action do you need to take to control these risks, so things you hadn't thought of that perhaps you notice when you go around the property and train your team, and then who needs to carry out the action and when is it needed by and then when it's done. Now, fortunately, we haven't had any guests who are poorly staying with us, and up until the 4th, 
as you know. So there's a few things to consider here. We've only been able to have key workers staying or people who fall into other categories, like they have no other permanent place to live at the moment. Um, you know, they're between properties. We've had stranded guests. So one corporate guest who was with us already from January and came from overseas, so he was stuck. And then some people who are contract teachers who needed somewhere to stay. And then some other key workers who had certain roles in IT and construction in hospitals, so supplies of oxygen, things like that, all sorts of people. We've had a forensic nurse, so we've had lots of different people. So we really had to make sure we had processes in place to manage operation sites. So there's cleaning, there's PPE for your staff and a process they have to follow to make sure they are okay and the apartment's properly sanitised. Then you've got rules about whether they're actually well enough to work in the first place. So they've got to be well. And actually, one of our team, our supervisor, he did self-isolate for about three weeks because his wife actually fell ill. But he didn't. So, you know, we have all these things you have to be really vigilant on. And then you've got all the things like how to let your guests know what you're doing, what they need to know, how they need to behave during lockdown. So you've got to give them that information all about the cleaning aspect. So we couldn't do midday cleans and all about the linen aspect. So we couldn't just collect linen as usual, partly because our linen company was in lockdown, which was a little bit tricky, but luckily we had an overstock. So other things like cushions, throws, all of this stuff has to be condensed down into something that will work for your business and it's not just chaos. So we managed to get our processes in place and follow these and it's actually worked really well. But we wanted to make sure that we were doing everything in line with government guidelines. So in view of everywhere opening, there are more detailed guidelines and there's a lot of help actually. I've got the link open on my laptop. So there's a whole section guidance for people who work in or run hotels and other guest accommodation. So there's a whole introduction, there's guidance and there are eight steps and you can actually ask some questions and get help. Hi Edward and hi Sam, good to see you. Hi Sarah, Bessie Sarah, you always help and kept everything very organised. So there's a lot about thinking about risk, keeping your customers, so our guests, visitors and contractors safe. So we've also had an electrician come in and do pat testing. So it's all about timing and scheduling of that. And then there's a lot about social distancing, your PPE and training your team. So we did a revisit and went through our risk assessment on Monday. So Sarah, who's watching, was always our supervisor and brilliant. And now we have Justin, who's fab. Hi, Glenn. Fab to see you. Hope you're well. Hope all's going really well for you. So our team, I must admit, did shrink. So our two hardcore cleaners, brilliant people they are, Betty as well. So we went through everything and said, okay, we're doing this. But actually, it looks like we need to do that as well. So with our risk assessment that was very simple from the health and safety executive we then end up with something more like this with very small writing but we have to thank PASC or PASC for extra details that they've given 
So, for example, if we'd been closed, you have Legionella tests that you have to do because your water system could have Legionella in it. And so there's certain things you can do to manage that. But we've been open the whole time and therefore we've just been doing normal cleaning. Well, actually deep cleaning and the disinfecting, sanitizing, enhanced cleaning and then seriously managing the cloths, mops and got special biocidal disinfectant cleaner as well and making sure that our team are wearing gloves and they've got masks, they've got eyewear, they've got aprons and we're still suggesting actually that when they get home they still get completely changed put their clothes in the washing machine and have a shower because then even though we haven't had any guests with COVID-19, you don't know if somebody could have been exposed to the virus and then they develop symptoms later. So, you know, it's, it's really good to just err on the side of caution, I feel. And we were going by the government guidelines, which was cleaning in a non-healthcare setting. And that was assuming almost that you did have COVID-19 in the property, whereas we didn't. So I'm just going to go through some examples of what we've got on our risk assessment form and some of the things that we're doing now that we hadn't done before because they they just weren't things we did in a questionnaire format. For example, the first thing is that what are the hazards, person-to-person contact during COVID-19 pandemic, who might be harmed and how, somebody could become infected with COVID-19 and spread the infection further. So that could be a guest or member of the cleaning team or maintenance. So the first thing is a health questionnaire sent to arriving guests. So what we had was, you know, email communication and phone calls with the guests about why they were staying and, you know, emails and written information about what they were doing because we we're only allowed to host certain guests. But now it's easy to have a health questionnaire for arriving guests because we can put that in our form site form for our guest registration. So this is something that is high priority. So you, you have a, a risk factor and an urgency and we're adding that to our form site form, which has also things like bed configuration needed and the what we used to do welcome packs and things like that but anything that the guest needs to know but also they sign our t's and c's and we've got additional parts to our t's and c's so the guests have to agree to abide by government rules in lockdown and there are different ways you can give information to your guests about lockdown because you don't want to completely freak them out what you want to be doing is reassuring guests because you know we're all people we all like reassurance and we all want to be confident in the service we're getting from places like ourselves you know SA units and so you know our promise to everybody who stays is that we have these processes and we follow them and their health and welfare is paramount to us so we do the enhanced cleaning with a checklist and our linen process we adhere to and we give them full information about the current situation in lockdown and links to more up-to-date information as it comes out so you know what to do if they don't feel well who to contact what 
process to go through in order for us to help them the best way. So they have to actually agree that they will abide by those things. But it's easiest to have it in a checklist and then give a nice friendly welcome email saying this is going on. Obviously, you know, during the pandemic, we're all working really hard to make sure you're safe and you stay healthy. Hi there, Krish. Good to see you. Because that's, you know, what we would want. Think about how you'd feel if you're going somewhere. You don't want it brushed under the carpet so nobody mentions it in case they upset you. You really want to know. You want it in your face. But then you don't want it to be scary. So you want to just know that people are confident with what the rules are and that, you know, they're doing, you know, we as operators are doing everything we can to reduce the risk. And there's a government, um, what's the wording here? So it, Obviously, we can't completely um, remove the risk because we don't know if a guest might um, be in contact with somebody at the supermarket or before they get there and then develop COVID-19. But we do everything we can from our perspective to make sure there's nothing at the property that could um, make people infected. But the key aspect is... Where is it? Where is it? It's all about reducing the risk to the lowest reasonably practicable level by taking preventative measures. So that's what we're doing. Hi, Debs. I'm sure you've been dealing with all this sort of thing as well. So we find out, you know, if the guests are well, why they're staying. So we've had some people self-isolating because they came from overseas. Other people, because they're working certain places or being certain places, they don't want to return home to their family before two weeks is up, just in case. So we did have a guest who actually had a test because if somebody um, worries about you know, the contact they've had or the place they've been sufficiently, they want to have a test and that's great. But then if somebody has a test, we have a process, we need to know what the result is and we need a written proof of that. And that's simply an email forwarded to us because the result is forwarded to them as as an email. And then if you know that somebody's, you know, had a negative result, then that's great. But then if they've had a positive result, it has to actually be reported to the health and safety executives. There's a process for doing that because they need to know and then they need to self-isolate for seven days if they're on their own or 14 if it was with somebody else because that's the same rules as if we're at home. So if we live on our own, it's seven days, 14 days if it's within a household. So it's the same thing. And I I believe in this document, the advice, it does actually say if somebody falls ill, they should return home. So if they can, you know, if you're on holiday away now, rather than key workers working, you might be on holiday, you'd go home if you were ill. But currently in, you know, lockdown, we've been saying to people, well, you stay put. So we would then support them. So then you have to have arrangements for, you know, deliveries of food and you know anything that they need but the whole thing is to support the guests but find out you know what kind of situation they're in are they just fit and healthy coming for a stay or is there some kind of underlying issue that you need to know about and in this person-to-person contact aspect 
because we are SA operators, the brilliant thing about serviced accommodation is that it tends to be an apartment or a house where people can stay separately. So unlike hotels that are just lots of rooms with lots of communal spaces, you would have somewhere like, you know, a foyer perhaps in a, an apartment block and stairs, but actually three of ours open straight out onto pavement on the ground floor and their front doors come out onto pavement and two of ours are um, within a building. But then once guests are within an apartment, they're completely self-contained, which is brilliant. So we don't need to meet and greet because we've got key safes. We did actually accidentally meet and greet, socially distance some guests the other day, bless them. And that was great, actually, because they were a bit unsure of all the emails and things because it wasn't their normal way of organising their life. So we were able to help them. But again, you're conscious that if you are within the vicinity of your guests, you're going to socially distance and observe all the rules and demonstrate to your guests that you are doing that. And in fact, with our regular guests, because we've got some guests staying quite a long time, like three months currently, if we're at the apartments, we socially distance, but have a chat with them. So, you know, at least two metres away, just knock on the door and, and just make sure they're okay, because that's the other aspect. The flip side, if you like, although we're socially distancing and in lockdown, people do need the reassurance and to know that everything's okay and that you're there if they need you, um, not just abandoned. So, you know, there's, there's a definite balance to be had, should we say. And that's the great thing that we can do because we're not actually, you know, we don't have a reception. We're not actually there in the building, but it's easy enough to manage things actually on site or off site if it's something we can do digitally or online in other ways. So you need to have a process for your check-in and you need to be able to demonstrate that. So you'd have that in your risk assessment. So it says here, what are you already doing to control the risk? So we're using self-check-in, a key safe, and we phone the guests to make sure they've actually got into the apartment. We disinfect keys. So there is contactless self-check-in as well. And that, I think, is probably going to really have a, a big market now if people don't want to have to hassle with keys and things but that seems to work really well with us so we do change the code every time and that is managed as well so we have a process for that there's a lot of digital checklists shall we just say but you don't want them to be too complicated so they are just like bullet points of everything that needs to be done and when we were going through this risk assessment, Justin, who's our supervisor now, he's like, well, do we have to have like a paper version and a digital version? And what we basically decided is we're going to have the digital version because we have to prove that we are doing our cleaning, our enhanced cleaning and a checklist of all the touch points that are disinfected, you know, all the remote controls and cooker knobs and kitchen knobs and fridge handles, all of those things. So we have to have a checklist of all of those, but that will be in our digital checklist that can be viewed and it has to be submitted. But then a bit like you have in public toilets, um, in shopping malls and things, you'll have a little grid saying the time the date and who cleaned the property and to the standard we're going to have something like that in the properties along with our six sheets of COVID-19 information for our guests as well so we have a, a documentation that all of these things have actually been done for every single clean and the process is followed and then checked off at the end 
So we've slightly changed that bit. So we also have ensured guests are not present during interim cleans if we have to do them. We've not actually been doing midday cleans, so we've managed that various ways. We've either had guests who stay Monday to Friday and we've cleaned 72 hours after checkout. And some thought that's not necessary. So uh, I think the chap from Quality and Tourism was saying like three hours potentially later you could go in. We are still allowing three days because... We have guests currently returning on Mondays, so it actually isn't really a big issue. And I don't know that I really want to risk it as um, three hours currently. Might just be neurotic, but I'd rather err on the side of caution. And we'll look into it. It might reduce to 24 hours, but we're checking that. There's plenty of people doing training courses, certificates, and people like Quality and Tourism doing approved schemes and we're working to our accreditation but we've got pat testing etc currently so i haven't quite got there yet um so essentially we're not doing the midday cleans but we are providing cleaning products for the guests to use and listing those out and providing warning information about those products because we don't normally supply them partly because people like their own things but partly also because then you know, you've got potentially harmful chemicals. Say if you have toilet cleaner, for example, you might have lots of green things, but still I think they give you tummy ache or upset if they went in the eyes. So you have to make sure that's catered for. And so, you know, we provide all bin liners and disinfectant, hand sanitizer, all that kind of thing we're providing for the guests. And so the guests can be sure that they can be protected as well. And then what have we got? So issues needing maintenance to be arranged when guests are out of the property. So as I said, between some stays, we've had our pat testing done because it was just due to be done. And we have got one property left to do, but the guests aren't leaving till towards the end of July. So we're going to wait till then because I think that's better rather than unsettling the guests who've been in there a while. And as well as that... You, you know, unless you have an emergency, by the way, because obviously emergencies have to be sorted out, but it's still preferable for the guests to actually leave the property or at least be in a separate room. So essentially in the risk assessment, you've got a column of what you're already doing to control the risk. And that might be empty if you're only just opening. And then what further action do you need to take is in the next column. And that's the stuff that you need to do in order to make sure COVID-19 is not spread. Also providing maximum amount of information to your guests before check-in and during. So it says here, provide an FAQ document on all aspects of the property. I mean, we all do that anyway. So guest guides, you know, because guests need to know how to do things. They don't want to be phoning you up every five minutes. So you might want a physical guide as well as an online guide. So we've got videos, we've got our VA can look up on our Trello portal. We've got so much property information on there if they phone up. And also you might have a guest portal where your guests can look up and see what to do. And so we basically are trying to minimise any visits to the property because if there's full and complete information, then they don't need that. Something that we hadn't done, hadn't thought of, is we have salt and pepper because we set up the table for the guests as if they're sitting down to eat when they arrive. But we had share, you know, salt and pepper pots 
So we're taking those out and I've ordered salt and pepper sachets just in little paper things. And if you have anything like teas, coffees, they should all just be wrapped and not jars of things. So they all need to be individually wrapped. So if you're not doing that, that's an action to take. And you need to have a process for the guests so to report if they feel unwell, all the contact numbers, what they need to do, all of that information. And as I said, we've just actually put up six A4 sheets with all of that. So it doesn't look horrible. It's just kind of on the side where the fridge is. And it looks looks quite nice, really, how we've done it. But it just means that guests don't have to go online and, and search for things. It's all right there. They can look up the links on their phone. So we've got a few little actions in there. And then the next risk is to do with cleaning. So what if your cleaner is not fit for work and infected with COVID-19? Because the risk is you could spread COVID-19 throughout the property if the cleaner is cleaning. And also they're not well, let's face it. So you don't want people working when they don't feel well. You want them to have the best chance of recovery. And so our cleaning team are reporting to us as soon as they feel unwell. So we had one um, member of our cleaning team who fell ill quite a long time before this really blew up. And so that was fair enough. She took herself out of the equation and was self-isolating. And as I said, our supervisor, his wife then got ill. So we didn't see him for, I think it was three weeks. It might have been slightly more because we waited longer. And he was fine, but his wife did actually recover, I'm really pleased to say, from COVID-19. So because of his early action and the fact that we are so cautious, it meant that it didn't spread to everybody else because, you know, we'd have all got it and our guests as well. But because we had that in place and he was extra cautious, everything was fine. So you need to know if people feel unwell. You need to protect people who are working in your team and you need to inform them. So you need to train them of what to do, how to do it, what to use. You know, Give them all of the biocidal cleaners and how to use them at what stage because we have a whole process. So you do your deep clean, starting off with disinfectant wipes that are disposable, then cleaning your normal clean and ending with a sanitizing with a biocidal product and all of the touch points but also you've got to make sure you get your staff have got their disposable gloves and all of their PPE and so they're actually safe because if you don't have a guest who's got COVID-19 that's fine but you just don't know so that's why we're erring on the side of caution so it's best to have all this available to your teams and what we're doing now which is a new thing that we weren't specifically doing I think we kind of were doing it in a casual way more um, our team are reporting 48 hours beforehand that you know whether they're well or ill and I always um, the night before always check that they're available so we're just formalizing it a bit hi there Karen so this is partly for you because you asked about risk assessments it's a bit of a dry subject but it's not I think there's so much information it's just all about condensing it down into something usable because the other thing about the cleaning checklist is that if your cleaners are presented with paragraphs of stuff to do they're just oh it's too much because they've got cleaning to do so the best thing is to talk through what needs doing have it documented and then have a quick bullet point checklist and reduce it down and the same with things like your linen so we now have a water palaver yeah 
<laughs> we now have a store bridge working, which is quite a relief on minimum amounts, I have to say, but we've been taking out throws and having just a couple of cushions that we wash every time, unless it's the same exact guest going back, in which case we change them if they're soiled. But throws, we were going to take out completely, but actually, um, what's her name? Is a lady who works for Quality and Tourism. And she said, actually throws are quite good because you can put them on the sofa and then wash them and it will probably mean that you won't have to do fogging or steam clean your sofa every time a guest has stayed who, you know, is healthy as far as you know. Now, you know, if we had a really intense case of COVID-19, we have processes in place, but potentially, and depending how ill somebody was, you know, there are contractors locally who we can send in and there are things called sanitizing bombs and so forth. So we have, an, you know, a more advanced plan as well but our normal checklist with all the right products and as I say products for the guests so that they feel reassured hand sanitizer for your team but also really reinforcing the importance of hand washing which is such a simple easy thing to do and we just all need to do it all the time goodness knows my hands look like it you know you just wash them all the time and um, so just really being sensible about things like you know, your cushions and all those kinds of things, tea towels, oven gloves, all of those kinds of things. We're just taking out when you have a change of guests completely. But as I say, we've have had um, quite longer time guests in there as well. So you've got an ozone generator. So that would be really good if you had an actual case in there. So you're fine. So you just say on your, your on your risk assessment, you know, have I got a case? I have an ozone generator that will come into action should I need it. So you'd be great. And that takes away smells and things, doesn't it, as well, if people have misbehaved and smoked or something, I think, doesn't it, the ozone? So that sounds awesome. So just it's really about having your process and then in your risk assessment it's you know all about what you're already doing and what else do you need to do and you'll have been doing a lot of this because you've been open as well so everybody who's been open will have been doing a lot of this but you might not have documented it all so you create a cleaning plan that all staff must adhere to and um, so cleaning regimes not effective fit for purpose is a risk and that would be the resulting problem of contaminated accommodation and the spread of COVID-19. So the ozone generator is going to be found for this. You know, if you suspected something wasn't clean well enough. So if you have your cleaning plan and then checklist that's documented and you couldn't refer back to if somebody asks you, you know, signed and dated and everything, then that means that you know it's being done. And also you can go in and check periodically and say, is it up to scratch? And if you have a cleaning plan that all of your team know they need to keep to and then sign it, then that's the easiest way. And we do all do thorough cleans. I know we do. You know, you do a really deep thorough clean because you don't even want a single hair because it's SA. It's not, you know, just normal rented. Not that you want it in normal rented, but, you know, we have to have such a high standard. So, as I said, the decision we made is we're going to put 
our extra cleaning checklist digitally in Formsite. So you could use a Google form. That would be really good if you don't have Formsite. You could have a paper checklist instead if you don't have digital. Um, digital is just kind of easier. You can take photos and things as well because we have a before photos, you know, before the clean and then afterwards as well. But then you can have a checklist to say this was cleaned on this day at this time and signature of the person who's the chief housekeeper or cleaner. And so just make sure your team have got their PPE and they're using it as well. And so we went through a training on that and anything that we've missed out. So the most important thing is that you've done the risk assessment and communicated it to your team. And I believe it says in the link that as long as you can show you've done a risk assessment, you don't have to publish it on your website, but if you have over 50 employees, you could. But there is a poster that you can sign. It's a download PDF from the government site to say you've done the risk assessment and that you've got all that in place. So that might be reassuring for guests if that's up on the wall, along with your other information. Or you can have a folder and perhaps put it in the back of your guest guide, that kind of thing. And one of the other risks that we're trying to mitigate is incorrect and ineffective cleaning materials used, cleaning regimes not recorded. So again, that can result in not cleaning or sanitizing the property properly. So it says here, put a cleaning requirement document together. So we've got one of those stating exactly what should be sanitized within the property. So the touch points, you could have a list of those door handles, banisters, surfaces, bathrooms, what should be disinfected at floors and walls. Ensure your cleaning materials are fit for purpose. So we were throwing away things like um, hoover bags, mops, all those kind of things. So we got 60p mop heads from one source instead of our rather nice ones we normally have. But they work really well. It's just that you don't feel that you're just well, literally throwing expensive cleaning materials down the drain. So you can use disposable disinfecting wipes. And apparently that is often preferred because if you use your microfiber wipe with your normal cleaning things, there was some school of thought that thought you might just be spreading the germs further. So use the disinfecting wipes first. So whatever your process is, just document it, have a checklist for your team to use and then have a record of it. And then the final thing that I still have to do is complete our pack testing because we've got one more property to do. And as I said, the guests leave in July. And then something else that I'm going to do is put a health and safety file together. So I've got lots of documents on the computer, but I think it means here a physical file, different sheets of your products, and maintenance schedules for the accommodation and all the risk assessments. So you can have one per property, so one paper copy per property. You can have a digital copy as well. That's a good idea. And I think that is pretty much it. The rest of the housekeeping part is, oh, the testing part is to do with Neigenella. But then you've got, if you have a guest who's unwell, or there's an infectious outbreak in your property, how would you deal with that? So the risk is the spread of an infection and an outbreak. So you're going to have to have a process in place of what to do if your guest is actually unwell. And so you can organise for them to have a test and 
if they're not returning straight home, which is the government advice, they're going to have to self-isolate for this specific amount of time. So that's seven days if they're on their own, 14 days if they're with somebody, which is the same as us in a household at home. And you're going to have to have all of the phone numbers available and, you know, probably FaceTime people or at least call them. And you're going to have to potentially extend their stay, which might knock out some of your next bookings. But I think in this time, people really have to be a bit flexible. I mean, it may be, and I'm touch wood, that the hardest, most difficult time has passed, but I'm not really sure you know, you might get a spike. So I think it's really important that people feel reassured that they know what to do and who to contact. So how to contact you and how you'll help them if they do feel unwell. So apart from providing the information in the property, you need to have links to hand and um, people to contact. And I will put that in the report really. And, you know, you'd be able to deliver food for them and sort things out. You know, maybe put staple foods in a pack for them, that kind of thing. And you're going to have to have a process in place for that. And so get to know, um, if you don't already, you probably do know other operators in your area. So if you can't take your next booking, you'd be able to potentially move the next guest some, somewhere else if you don't have another property available. And it's just to contain any kind of outbreak, any kind of infection. You don't want people going out of the property. You want them staying there and making sure they're okay, communicating with you because they could get really poorly and need to go to hospital, but they may just have it like it's a, a flu. You just don't know. So it's really important to communicate. So I think FaceTime and things like that would be important as well. Karen, what are you saying? You've had crazy quotes with deep cleans, £160 upwards, not feasible on short stays. No, absolutely not. And we had a 14-day minimum stay for a long time because of that sort of thing, to be honest. And also because if people wanted to self-isolate, I didn't want it to be for too short a time. So I think, yeah, a lot of what can be done can be done by you and your team but just make sure you've got the right products and the right PPE in place and then if you do get a confirmed case you know it might be worth it from the point of view of keeping everybody safe but not for every clean not for every clean at all I just don't think you need it if you've got you know good cleaners and you can understand if people are steam cleaning and everything Although I think I did hear something was being said at Saba that the steam cleaners perhaps put the particles up in the air and so it wasn't actually that good. <laughs> so it's like, you can't win. But I did like, quite like the sound of this sanitising bomb, but I hate to think, you know, I don't know if Emma's around, Emma Howitt, but she's got a green policy and I don't have a clue how all of this fits in with the green policy because you need, you know, products that are going to kill this thing. And yeah don't know maybe there's something natural that does i don't know good to see you krish but yeah karen i think you'd be fine with your enhanced cleaning processes and something like the professional clean if you have an outbreak you know after the guests have left potentially although the guidance is really good it's got all about double bagging cloth that you use and leaving them for three days and um, that's if you have an actual case but we have been doing that anyway as standard same with linen so if you say to guests that you can supply clean linen 
and then if they drop off their old used linen outside the door it needs to be double bagged in black sacks and that just protects you know you and the linen company so there's quite a lot in the government links that will really help you and will actually keep it safe anyway so in fact that was the next point to deliver clean linen and linen bag for the guests to place um use linen in and you leave it on the doorstep double bagged always and there's a thing about you know managing the risk of having to deliver medicines food supplies extra cleaning materials outside the property if somebody is ill and an emergency body fluid kit for the guests to use in these circumstances you can get these from amazon because that's something from our risk assessment that we hadn't done and the next thing is about incorrectly laundered bedding so bacteria won't be killed off property that's the risk so use cotton linen bedding and a wash on a full 60 degree cycle and if your linen company wasn't open i'd always be tumble drying everything because that kills lots of germs lots of bugs but if you've got somebody like Storebridge, we've got, you know, they've got processes in place. They've got their whole risk assessments and they work on a massive scale and, you know, really high temperatures. So, um, and what isn't mentioned here is about the throws and cushions and everything. So I'd have something in place for that. Make sure they're washed. Normal hot water and washing, you know, soap does kill COVID-19. So that's good. But just have gloves when you handle any of these things and don't shake them about shaking it. You know, if there's the germs on there, then that will release it. So changeover cleans, they need to be done. And the risk is that there'll be contaminated accommodation and spread of COVID-19 if somebody has had symptoms or is ill. So only do those once the guests have left the property. As I said, we were waiting or we still are waiting 72 hours. Lots of people are saying that's not necessarily needed. Airbnb are saying three hours. I don't know. Um, and as I say, there's lots of people doing training certificates, quality and tourism have a whole um, raft of advice as well. And make sure that the cleaner has filled out the fit for work document or sent you messages so i've got a whatsapp series of questions and that's from my team all the ppe is available to the cleaner and this doesn't have to be you know really uncomfortable and complicated just simple ppe and that all your cleaning and maintenance procedures are adhered to. So all of that. And the last thing on my list is about Legionella. Now, if there's anything I've missed out, because Legionella is not a problem for us because we've been open, but if you need to deal with that, it's because standing water is around, it could be infected with Legionella if the property has been lying empty. So you have to flush the whole water system for two minutes or more, First flush the toilet, then let the kitchen taps and the hand basins taps run for two minutes or more to let both hot and cold water pass through. And it's got a whole procedure you can go through about shower heads being disinfected before being refitted by immersing for at least an hour in any solution designed for cleaning baby feeding bottles like Milton and how shower heads should be regularly disinfected but that's for legionella we did actually completely descale the shower head because we had a guest in for five months when i see we it's my team justin did that one and so we you know we have all these things in place the key aspects are things that are risks are mostly that you know guests become ill 
due to things that you don't have in place. Your team become ill due to things you don't have in place. So make sure you've got those things in place. Make sure you've got processes and then checklists that are simple bullets. I think the hardest thing, as I said, is distilling it down to reduce the amount of information. So what I'm going to do is put some of the links and a bit more of a document together in the Facebook group and you can refer to that. But I think there's lots of help and lots of practical advice and it's just one of those things you kind of have to get it done and then you know make sure it's all in place and you're improving it as time goes on and then we can get excited about everybody coming back and not having to quiz them about being key workers in well unless you're in Leicester I'm sorry about that but we don't all want to get in that situation so you know we really want to still be cautious and sensible but really welcome everybody back. So you can have exciting new welcome packs and offers and, you know, a bit of a celebration about everybody returning. And so leisure stays at weekends would be fine. And there are rules about that. So that's all in the government links. So if you've got any more thoughts about anything I've missed out or anything you're concerned about, let me know. And let's do some fun things as well. So... So we can all just celebrate getting back to a bit of a new normal. And I look forward to seeing you next time and seeing who you've all got staying. We had really fascinating booking for a, um, I think they're a band from Turkey for November. So that was random. So we have got some future bookings coming in. We've got contractors and we've got some, you know, still got teachers and people who need to still work in the area so i hope you've all managed to keep going and well done you know this is such a test for us all we can do it we can get through it you're welcome karen and i'll, I'll give you a bit more info as well but i'm glad to hear you've got your stonking machine that sounds fantastic all right take care guys and i will see you next time sharing the secrets of success